Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Imagine that I am a real estate agent and I'm going to take you to look at a couple of investment opportunities. And the first place I take you is a piece of real estate on a bluff overlooking this majestic ocean view, prime undeveloped land from what you can see of it right there. Uh, You know, I'm taking you there at sunset. It looks uh, beautiful, right? There's this sea breeze coming over you. It's just one of the most picturesque places you've ever seen. On the other hand, I, I take you out to something that's a little more in the wilderness. There's not much that you can really see there, uh, just a lot of dirt, maybe some shrubs, or maybe even some cacti uh, there, um, saying, hey, why don't you invest here? And now, at first glance, what are you thinking? Uh, that ocean bluff sounds pretty appealing. But then I I hand you the packets on each of those places, and you start to read more about them. And you realize, wait, this ocean bluff has been deemed uh, unstable by geologists, and and a landslide is likely imminent. I mean, the next time you you get a a fire or a... uh, just a lot of rain, you know, or a combination of the two there along the ocean, uh, that ground may really lose that last shred of stability and just kind of fall off down to the beach and the ocean below. Uh, and, and that's the, the forecast for that piece of property. Where you look at that other, that supposed wilderness, and you find out actually that through the use of technology, uh, that is going to become a place that is uh, a little bit of paradise. Uh, they, they've found out how to cultivate that area, and there are massive plans for a community that is going to become a, a spot to be. Okay, now what are you thinking about that investment? Now that thing that looked like the wilderness uh, sounds a lot better, doesn't it? Well, that's how I want us to think as we consider the forecast that Jesus gives for the world that we're living in. As we continue through what's known as the Olivet Discourse, uh, Jesus there during the Passion Week, uh, giving his disciples a window into what is going to happen in the future. And especially at the parts we're looking at right now, really the end times. Jesus is teaching on eschatology. And one thing I want us to make sure we... uh, identify with today is that the world is passing away. The world that we live in is passing away, but the kingdom of God and the word of God endure forever. The world right now may seem like that ocean bluff property. It looks so good sometimes, but we need to realize eh, it's, it's unstable. It's going to come to an end. And what God is calling us to might not always seem immediately rewarding, But God is preparing a kingdom that will never pass away. And where are we going to focus? Where are we going to invest? These are questions that we need to ask. 
So let's consider today Matthew 24, 29 through 41, Mark 13, 24 through 32, and Luke 21, 25 through 33. We'll focus mostly on the passage in Luke today, although some of those other ones expand a little bit more, but the key ideas I want us to camp out on, we'll see in Luke today. And it As we start in verse 25, it says, And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory." And so even as you think through those things, I would suggest that the book of Revelation, especially even Matthew and Mark give us a little more detail on those things, but I would say the book of Revelation gives us even more detail. If those things, distress in nations and roaring of the sea and signs in the sun and moon and stars sound familiar, that's because they're discussed more in Revelation. And then Jesus, after saying all of that, um, which I believe things that go few to the future, to this time of tribulation, he says in verse 29, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourself and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And so there, we really see the crux of what I want us to focus on today in those last few verses. And verse 32 says, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. That's a very interesting verse. There's a lot of theological debate on that verse. Uh, Some look at that and say, hey, look at who Jesus is talking to. He's saying they're not going to pass away until all these things take place. And so some theologians would argue from that that pretty much all uh, of what we're going to see, or at least the bulk of everything we're seeing here and even in other places in scripture like Revelation has already been fulfilled. Uh, A lot of it tied to events that take place around the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. And and some of those views kind of fall under the banner term of preterism. Now that term comes from a Latin word that means something is past or beyond, saying these events, uh, they, they are already now for us in the past. They were in the future when Jesus talked about them, but now they are in the past. Uh, personally, I, I don't agree with that view. Uh, I am a, what you would call in, in the, the theological term, a futurist saying, no, these things are yet to be fulfilled. They are still in the future because I look at what's in Revelation and even some of the things that are described here, and I just don't see how it fits. Um, so I'm unapologetically a futurist. While I might have some good good brothers in the Lord that that disagree. I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. And even within that camp, there's some debates about what this verse can mean. Some would say, well, look, he's talking about the fig tree. He's This part of this passage is aimed at people that are alive during this time of tribulation. If you're seeing the signs of the tribulation, hey, you can know this is all going to happen fast. Even what we see elsewhere in scripture, there is a set seven-year period, even with this more intense three and a half years at the end of it. Uh, So that generation, when you see these things happening, you know the time is short uh, in which all of these things are going to come and take place. I think that, in my understanding, I think is the best way to 
understand it. Others would say, you know, generation is more of a, a linear thing or a, a vertical line as opposed to a horizontal line, talking really about God's faithfulness to Israel is what he means here by this generation, that just the people of Israel are not going to pass away. Uh, they will not be extinguished uh, until you know God fulfills all his promises to them in the end. And that's where I would say, I'm not convinced that's the meaning of this verse, but I am convinced that that is the message of scripture, that as a whole, scripture is teaching us God is not done with Israel, that the nation of Israel will not be extinguished. There are future promises to Israel, even dealing with their their land and, and a future temple that are to be still fulfilled. I believe that is what the scripture teaches, even if I'm not convinced that that's what this verse in particular is pointing to. I think there are plenty of other verses, including a lot in the book of Revelation or the prophet Ezekiel, for instance, that point us that direction. But again, notice what happens around that verse. We see statements like the kingdom of God is near or verse 33, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That's what gets us back to that illustration of the the beautiful land on the bluff that is really unstable and at any moment going to just be a landslide into the sea versus that land that may seem right now like a wilderness, but is going to flourish and blossom, right? Uh, This world, as it says here, heaven and earth will pass away, but we see God's words will not pass away. His kingdom is going to come. And that's where we might say, well, isn't his kingdom here now? Well, in our hearts, uh, through God's people, in some ways, yes, we are present, but not in its full form. We believe the, the book of the kingdom is yet to come because Jesus Christ will return and he will reign as king in this world. Um, and so we look forward to that. So a couple other passages that come to mind as I was thinking through this passage this morning, one is 1 John 2, 15 through 17, and that warning, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. It talks about the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life for the world and everything in it is passing away. We have to remember this is not our home. We cannot get caught up in all the desires of this life and the desires of the world because it is going to pass away. The other passage that came to mind was Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Again, the context of that verse even is, hey, don't worry. Don't worry about your life. Don't get caught up in just the daily pressures and worries of life because we've got to keep them in perspective. Instead, we should seek first his kingdom. I think that should lead us to seek the advance of the kingdom right now through evangelism, telling more people about the coming king, urging them to repent, put their faith in Christ, that we would seek his ways and also his word. His word will not pass away. How much are we filling our minds with the things of this world that are temporary versus how much are we filling our minds with the word of God, which is eternal? Where are you investing? In the land that is going to become a paradise or in the land that is going to crumble into the ocean? Where is your focus today? And I hope that Jesus's words about the future will have an incredible impact on our lives right now and today. 
Let's go now back to the Old Testament and 1 Samuel 15 and 16. And in 1 Samuel 15, we see more bad news from King Saul. Uh, We already saw him in our last reading, uh, disobey the Lord and Samuel say, hey, God's going to Give the kingdom to someone else, a man after God's own heart. Well, we see more disobedience from Saul and more rejection of God to Saul. Again, notice the excuses that he makes. And even as I was reading this today, I was struck by Saul really seems to believe his own excuses. Um, He he goes to uh, Saul and he tells him, stop it. Right, And he warns him about what he has done. And even after already saying to Samuel, oh, I did what God commanded, in verse 20, he defends himself again. He says, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Even after Samuel rebukes him, Saul is still saying he has obeyed. And one warning there, I think in a continued lesson of failed leadership, beware the danger of self-deception, that many times we start to believe our own excuses and excuse our clear disobedience. And we see his repentance is really too little too late. And that's where I'm not suggesting that repentance is ever going to be true. Repentance is ever going to be rejected by God. But I don't think what we see here is true repentance. He starts to realize, oh no, Samuel's not messing around, I I better start acting like I'm sorry. I don't think what we see here is truly genuine from him. But then in chapter 16, we see the beginning of God then choosing that other king. We see David anointed by Samuel in that famous verse that uh, God doesn't look at the outside. He looks at the heart and he chooses King David. And now the story will shift in 1 Samuel. And I'm excited to learn more about King David in the coming days. And it's going to be great as we start uh, seeing more of King David in this chronological reading plan. We're going to start getting into more and more of the Psalms as we uh, start to read about the one who wrote many of the Psalms, David himself. And so we're getting into a stretch here that I'm pretty excited about in our Bible reading this year. But I want to encourage all of us today, consider Christ's forecast for the future and think about how it is going to affect how you invest your time, your thoughts, your energy, even your money today uh, as you consider what is coming in the future. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.